this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Well, welcome back to the podcast, The Unchangeable Truth with Pastor Stephen. And uh, this week, Pastor Stephen, you're looking at Romans chapter 9, verses 4 through 18, and you automatically start out saying that this is a tough passage. Um, and it, you titled it, Trying to Understand the God Who Saves, which you know I don't, I don't think we can ever comprehend fully. Um, and then you say, hey, there's, there's three statements about salvation that we're going to talk about today. So I'm just going to go right into the first statement. You give us a lot of historical facts under this first statement. You use several scriptures. Um, you talk a lot about Abraham. But the first point is salvation does not hang on your family tree. Um, so I'll let you dive into that because I know that there's probably people that you know, think, hey, my family's good. My family's been churchgoers forever. Or they've been, I like the line that, you know, my family's been Christian their whole life, uh, but it doesn't hang on your family tree. So, yeah, well, contextually, you know, we're talking, we're talking about the Jews, but clearly it, it, it translates into, uh, into everyone and to modern day. You know, the Jews thought that they were automatically okay with God because, because of Abraham and the lineage through Isaac, and uh, you know clearly the God has you know God said they are my chosen people. This is a nation that I have chosen, uh, but yet even then, uh, salvation uh, does not depend upon our. It is not. Uh, it is not a result of your last name, your lineage, your nationality, any of those things. Uh, that the Jews were, uh, they put more faith and trust in the fact that they were Jews than they did in, I mean, clearly we know in Christ, and yet here he is a Jew. Uh, but they, they thought, even today, you know, if you're, if you're around Orthodox Jews today, you see this, you do, you see a, uh, an arrogance almost, yeah. like, hey, we are the chosen. Yeah. Um, yeah, God chose a nation, the Israelites, but salvation still comes through faith and faith alone, a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And how that translates today is, like you just said, you know, people are like, yeah, 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 I'm, my family's Christian. What does that mean? Right, right. What does that mean? Because... Uh, Christian doesn't Christian mean Christ-like? Right. Uh, so my family's Christ-like. Well, okay, no, no. Christianity is not, and you know, the census has done a terrible job of this because you check off there what you are, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's not a, uh, it's not a people group. Right. It's it's it, it is it is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It cannot be said enough. So. Folks get lulled in this false thinking of, uh, like the Jews did here, well, I'm okay, I'm okay, because I am a Jew. And people today, well, yeah, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay, because my family, and they'll even tell, as we said in the sermon, tell stories about, my granddaddy used to be a preacher, and this and that, and, you know, I was raised in church, or I'll have folks that'll say, well, yeah, I'm Baptist, man, absolutely, I'm Baptist. Yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, Baptist doesn't get you anything. I'm Protestant. Yeah. Uh, uh, none. Of, it's again. It's just this. This. 
this deception that the devil does to get us to think that we're all right with God because of lineage, heritage. Uh, you can throw works into that. You can throw any of those things. And yet scripture makes it very clear. The gospel is, uh, do you know Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered control of your life to him? There is an active faith in your life when it comes to Christ. He's changed me, right? I mean, I'm a different person than I was before him. So uh, folks who tend to uh, put faith and trust in their lineage are going to be sadly disappointed one day. Yeah. Um, you know, there are folks that'll say, there are folks that think, well, hey, I'm Christian because I celebrate Christmas. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that has nothing to do with it. If we really want to look into the specific tenets of yeah. Christmas, the holiday, right. I think we would all be disappointed in right. how Christmas began. Uh, but you know, no, Easter, all those kinds of things means nothing, means nothing. It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what's so, uh, that's what's so scary about the whole thing. And I think that's the reason why Christ said, hey, on that day, there will be many who yeah. who say, hey, we did all this stuff for you, right? We, uh, and this is a paraphrase, we, we, we fed hungry people for you. We even cast out demons for you. I can see folks, I even led people to you. Yeah, yeah. And yet he'll say, depart from me because I never knew you. Yeah. Um, because it all boils down to, do you know Jesus Christ? And the word know there is a, a uh, it is an intimacy, right? It is a, it is that personal intimacy. Um, and uh, the way that we would know our, our spouses, we know them in a way that no one else does. Same way with yeah. Christ, uh, a personal intimacy there with him. So. Uh, yeah, salvation does not hang on your family tree. Now, I would like to say this, though, Ryan. It ought to at least give you an advantage, right? Yeah, right. That I was born into a family that teaches Christ. Right. Well, and, and I was going to say that. Like, I, I never really put my hope of my salvation in my family, but I was comfortable with the fact that my dad was a, a pastor and I grew up in still a church. Is. It still is. Sorry. Yeah. And... And so I, when I was seven, you know, I walked the aisle, drank the grape juice growing up. But the reality is, you know, I put a, I was, I put a lot of comfort in the fact that, yeah, I grew up in church. I knew all the stories. I knew when to get emotional whenever you prayed. I knew when to cry at the right times. Like I knew all the stuff. I knew the songs, even the songs out of the hymn book, you know, but I knew all that stuff and I put a lot of, a, a lot of, knowledge in the fact that, hey, well, my dad's a pastor. I grew up in churches. I know the rules. I know what to say, when to say it. I know the Bible stories. I know the Bible verses. But, you know, it was not until my 20s where, you know, I'm like, you know what, something something is not right. I never fully just gave my life to Jesus until I was until I was in my 20s and just fully surrendered to him. And then in that moment, yeah, everything changed. The way I viewed people changed. The way I talk to Jesus. Like everything changed when I just let go of that pride and let go of that fact that dad's a pastor and I just gave my heart to Jesus. Yeah. And, and I don't want people to misunderstand what, what, what I'm saying. Sitting there saying, Hey, listen, yeah, my family's a Christian family. That's right. not a bad thing. Correct. That's not a bad thing. Hey, we celebrate Christmas and Easter. 
That's not a bad thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone to church my whole life. Awesome. Wish more po- folks could, could testify to that. Right. Uh, but let us not let us not confuse that to to Correct. mean that I am right with God. Right. Because of those things, like the Jews did. Right. The Jews. Yay. We know who our daddy is. We're from Abraham's lineage. Abraham's our daddy. You know, he wasn't their daddy, but what they're meaning is, yeah, yeah, we're of Abraham. We're right with God. God made a covenant with Abraham. And so we're right because of Abraham. Well, well, no. I mean, really, you could sit here and say, wow, if there's anybody that really should have been on the lookout and and recognized the Messiah when he when he came, it should have been right. the very ones that rejected him. Right. Mm. So point number two. All right. So point number one, I'll go back to that. Salvation does not hang on your family tree. Point number two is salvation originates in the heart of God and God alone. Um, salvation begins there. All right. I'm sorry. It brings, uh, brings God pleasure. It's kind of what you said in that. So it's salvation originates in the heart of God. Yes. Yeah, salvation is God's plan, right? Salvation is not man's plan. Salvation is not, oh man, uh, I've got to have a way to get to God. Hey, I know what I'll do. I'll come up with this idea of of God giving his son. I'll come up with this idea of a way that my sins can be forgiven. No, what is man's attempt to get right with God? Works. Works. I'm going to be good, do good, and God's going to say, oh, look at how good you are. Yeah, forget forget this whole redemption thing. Forget this whole blood-bought thing. Come on into heaven. I didn't realize you are going to be that good. Right. That's not going to happen. Right. No, salvation originated with God because God's like, look, there's there, there's nothing that you can do that will cover the guilt and the shame and the and the judgment and the condemnation that comes with sin. So I'm going to originate that. I'm going to start this. You need forgiveness and salvation, and it can only come through a perfect sacrifice. We use the word perfect. Jesus, the only man that ever had flesh on, <laughs> tempted in every way that we're tempted, yet he did not sin. So there he is, the perfect sacrifice, willing to pay the price for our sin. And so that was initiated. It was started by God. I like to say it this way, and it was not plan B. Right, right. It was plan A from the get-go. Oh, so so people will sit there and say this. Oh, since it was plan A, then God had already predetermined that man would sin. No. No. Right. No, Paul even talks about it, you know, when he's like, hey, listen, you know, uh, you know, if you sit there and you say that you have been tempted by God, uh, you can't say that. God has not tempted you. God tests you. God does right. not tempt you. Temptation is that. That is of Satan. So, no, God did not predetermine that man would sin, yet God knew that man would sin. That gets lost on us. Right. And so much of what we're talk, we talked about yesterday dealing with Romans 9 right. is beyond man's ability to fully understand. And it is by faith. It is by faith that I take God at his word. It is by faith that the things that I cannot understand that I still say, you know what, this this does not rob God of his glory, of his grace, of his mercy, of his sovereignty, of his judgment. I can't figure it out. I'm limited. I I, I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday and, and, and I'm like, it's almost like it's almost like an ant is there and I pull up in my truck and I get out of my truck and that ant's like, what's that dude doing? <laughs> I don't get that. I don't understand that. Well, 
compare that to us figuring out God, the ant would have a better opportunity to figure us out than we would God. And so, um, yeah, salvation originated in the heart of God. Here's what that tells me. Man, what a gracious, good father we have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that, That he said, I'm gonna make a way that even in your rebellion and disobedience, you, you, you can still be uh, reconciled to a relationship with me. Well, in, in this particular section of Scripture, because you're looking at Romans 9, and, and this, this section 10 through 13, um, sometimes can uh, cause people to view things very differently, and you address that under this point. Um, you address the terms like predestination. You address the terms um, of free will. So I'll, I'll ask you this question: um, How do you, how do you reconcile the doctrine of salvation and the doctrine of free will uh, based off of these points here? Yeah, well, I think people think that they are automatically in opposition to each other, right? And they are not. They are not. They they struggle with this idea of okay, okay. So, um, you know, so we have a free choice to choose salvation, but then yet God is the one who originates salvation, and God's the one that started salvation. God God chooses us. So which one is it? And even plainly, yet realistically, I said yesterday in the sermon, the answer to that is yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That before you and I ever chose God, God chose us. I think the issue is people sit there and say, oh, 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 uh, the whole Esau I've hated, Isaac I've, I've loved. That's, that's, that's the problem, right? Um, that's the difficulty that I've... That Jacob. I've, Esau me, Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, my yeah. bad. I always, want, I always want to make Isaac the, uh, the son versus the father. <laughs> right. uh, Esau I have hated and uh, Jacob I have loved... And yet, to me, and this is my interpretation, he's not talking about individuals. Yeah. He's talking about nations. And he's not talking about a hatred because the very same Greek word that is used there is used when Christ is like, hey, listen, you can't truly follow me unless you hate your fathers and brothers and mothers and sisters. And so he, in, that, in that context, he's not saying, all right, I hate you. Forget right. it. So I've studied that before. And tell me, if, uh, hopefully I'm not wrong when I said this a long time ago when I was teaching. But like that, that word hate, you know, in that particular section of scripture you were talking about, it's like it's, it kind of means it's like you love Jesus so much that it seems like you hate because you're loving so much. Is that is that kind of the same context? Yeah, absolutely. In layman's terms, it means this: Jesus is the most important relationship that I have. Right. Uh, my love, my devotion, my service to Him is more important than any other relationship that I have. Now, if I have a love for Christ like that, how is it going to uh, how is it going to affect uh, the way I approach my own family? Well, I'm going to love them because I want them. To know the same love that I have for Christ in their own lives. And so we want to sit there, and I know folks that will sit there and, and, and say, see here, Esau. Esau was damned in the, in the womb. He was hated by God. Jacob was loved in the womb right. by God. I take the scripture to mean God says, okay, listen, 
I've chosen one that is going to have a more prominent position than the other. Uh, that it has nothing to do with salvation within itself. Um, you know, I think it's basically God sitting there and saying, hey, yeah, there there are, uh, you know, uh, I have established this, uh, this order here. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to free will, when it comes to uh, God's sovereignty, that those are not in opposition to each other, that those right. can exist. I think where we get hung up or so many people get hung up on is God knows who will be saved and who will not be saved. So does that mean that those who will be saved, God knows that. So God has chosen them that they will be saved. No, it just means that he knows all things. He knows all things. How do I reconcile the scriptures where it says that, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus? It doesn't say for God so loved the chosen, for God so loved the elected, for God so loved a few. Uh, Scripture doesn't say it's God's desire that some people get saved. No, so how do I reconcile it all together? Again, in my own world, I can't grasp it. I understand it. Uh, I chose God. God chose me. I say this. God initiated salvation. And he says, come, come, whosoever will come. So the gospel goes out. And I've yet to meet the first person that called upon the name of Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit rose up and said, no, sorry, you're not a part. And I know the argument. The argument that other folks would make is, well, yeah, the Holy Spirit's not going to do that because they are a part. Right. Um, this is one of those subjects that some of the greatest theological minds throughout history have, 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 have almost gone crazy and batty yeah. trying to figure out at the end of the day, we'll never figure it out. Yeah. So instead, what am I going to do? I'm going to praise him that I'm saved. I'm going to exalt the name of Jesus that is above every other name. I'm going to actively share my faith because I want everyone to experience the same salvation that I have experienced. And I'm going to trust God with the rest. Uh, It doesn't rob him of any glory for me to sit there and say, hey, God has given us free will. Uh, To me, you can make the argument that if anything, it gives him greater glory. Uh, But at the end of the day, is that going to matter? I was talking just this past week to a uh, um, to a young man that uh, grew up in our church and uh, headed off to seminary and uh, you know came back and served for a little while with us and uh, he would be a little bit more bent on a Calvinistic viewpoint and then and then felt God calling him into the uh, healthcare field and so then went off to a school to, uh, well, to, to be a professional health care giver. I was having a conversation with him the other day, and, uh, and, and, and we were teasing, and I'm like, man, you would come in town when I'm going to be dealing with Romans 9, right? You know, right. we're laughing and stuff. And these are his exact words, his exact words. Now, again, he's a little bit more mature now, uh, age experience right. but as my wife says all the time don't rob god of glory and discount the work of the holy spirit right. in your life a lot of times we want to sit there and say well you know age has mellowed me out well you know i know some folks that are pretty old and they're not really mellowed out and that can be the work of the holy spirit of god right 
But as I was having this conversation, I was having this conversation with this guy. Here's what he said. He said, you know, once I started getting on the floor and dealing with people that were hurting Mm. and dealing with life and death situations, Mm. here's what I've come to realize. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, I, you know, he's basically saying, I'm not there in trauma situations. I'm not there trying to minister to families. And they're saying, oh, oh hey, hang on. Now, can, let's debate this Romans right, 9 thing. Right, right. And he said, so I'm the, sitting there saying, listen, if you just turn to Jesus, yeah. he'll give you what you're looking for. Yeah. And I'm like, what a profound word. Yeah. What a profound well, word. And, and we've talked about it on this podcast before that sometimes topics and different viewpoints distract us from the goal and our 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 pursuit of just evangelizing and telling people about the one who saved us like um so i i think it gets in the way sometimes so i appreciate the way you handled that i appreciate the way you uh, walked through that very clearly um our third point <clears throat> is that salvation is beyond our comprehension um and, and you close out through, you know, this is off of verses 14 through 18, but salvation is beyond our comprehension. And, and here you kind of talked about, you know, the hardening of hearts. You talked about Pharaoh for a little bit. Uh, so I'll let you uh, kind of close this out on, on your point number three. Yeah, well, and and I don't know how long we've been recording, uh, but uh, uh, I was uh, speaking to someone last week, and uh, she is one of our uh, sponsorless sponsors. Uh, <laughs> Alma, long-time listener. Uh, Alma Emery, and Alma was very disappointed that last week's podcast was only 25 minutes. You know, how in the world can we deal with what you dealt with, and we only have a 25-minute podcast so uh anyway probably the moderator could, uh, well who knows i, I mean I, i'm I, sorry I, I don't know i don't know if it was the moderator uh um i think i think the deal was last week the producer did not wear his journey t-shirt that he is wearing he got fresh. it on I, it looks honestly it looks like his wife ironed it it yes. is so so it is smooth nice uh, it's classic throwback uh <laughs> you know eagle wings journey right there yes. um so uh i if he grew his hair out, we're talking Steve Perry uh, all over again. But yeah, to your point, salvation is beyond our comprehension. I, I really, I really, I really should have front loaded that one. Okay, I should have said point number one: salvation is beyond our comprehension. I got you um, because it yeah, is. It is. It is. And you know, the, the example there is talking about Pharaoh and a hardening of Pharaoh's heart and. Yeah, I mean, the plagues, I brought this out in the sermon, half of the plagues after the plague where God is, uh, you know, God has sent these plagues saying, okay, plague number one, now let my people go. Right. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. No, I'm not going to let him go. Nope, nope, nope. Plague number two, nope, I'm not letting him go. Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Then you get down about halfway through the plagues. The next thing you know, it's like God, God, it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Right. So here's what I say. Pharaoh's like, nope, I'm not letting them go. My heart's made up. I'm not letting them go. My heart's against God. I don't care that you're God's messenger. No, no, no. And then God, right. almost like the passage where it says that God gave them over to their own evil, sinful desires. He did that with, with Pharaoh. Okay. All right. This is who you are. All right. I'll give you a hard heart. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And um, uh, the illustration that I use, and 
is is like the rain and you know naturally we need rain to have beautiful flowers but uh, we also know that rain brings about ugly weeds but we can't blame the rain for the weeds right the rain merely revealed what was already there you know the last time i checked there's no seed in water yeah right <laughs> um yeah they revealed the beauty it also revealed the ugliness of the weeds but it has nothing to do with the rain and so that's the way i interpret this that you know i'm sitting there and i'm like i mean because you look at it another way you could sit there and you can say man god gave pharaoh five plagues to change his heart yeah and he said no right now again where i got the first time that Pharaoh said, nope, I'm not letting the people go, woo, you know, uh, lightning from heaven, there is no Pharaoh. Everybody's like, what happened to Pharaoh? Well, there's a burnt <laughs> spot right there. That's where Pharaoh was standing. We don't know what happened to Pharaoh. Uh, and God gave him over and over and over opportunity. And yet then God said, okay, here you go. Here you go. And I would say this because there are always people who will say, well, maybe I'm there. Maybe I've gone too far. Maybe I've said no to God so much that God has finally said, okay, have it your own way. Here's what I would say, Ryan. The very fact that you are asking that question is evidence to me that you have not gone too far. All right. So we we have a question that kind of goes along with that. Um, this comes from, uh, well, one of our listeners. It says, uh, we established that God hardens hearts um, if they are already being hardened. But does God soften someone's heart before they can come to know him? I've had friends who say they've built up walls, but believe that God had to remove it before they can know him. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, they, they, they almost they, they kind of answered the question right. in their in their question. Uh, now, I would like to say this. I, I would say equally, uh, God doesn't always harden hearts of people who are hardening their hearts mm. because he is long suffering. Yeah, he is patient. I did not get saved the first time I heard the gospel. Yeah. I cannot tell you. It was years, years after I heard the gospel before I was saved. I I, I mean, years that I was under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. Okay, not today. Just not today. Not today. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe when I get older. Maybe you know, or you know, uh, there'll be plenty of time for that. Not today. Not today. No, 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 no. And yet, here is a long-suffering God who continued. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. And, and, and then, you know, I surrendered my life to Christ. And so, yeah, a softening. He does. He softens. I I would just say this. Anybody who is sitting there and saying, again, like we said earlier, have I gone too far? To me, to me, the, the fact that you're even entertaining the idea is evidence within itself that we or that you have not gone too far. Um, but, yeah, when I pray for people. Yeah. That are lost, I pray yeah. for a softening of their heart. Yeah. 
Hey, God, please soften their heart. I'll, I'll pray this. God, wherever they are right now, yeah. would, 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 would you just so speak into their heart where they would realize, hey, there is a God that I don't know. You know, God, bring somebody in their life yeah. that'll speak Jesus. God, whatever's going on right now, would you just squeeze their heart? Mm. Uh, and we know that is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. So I would say somebody who asked the question, um, man, do not underestimate the power of prayer when it comes to your friend. And may that be, may that be the prayer that we have for, for, for anyone that is in our life that we do not know their spiritual condition. God softened their heart. And then also, may it be a motivating factor for mm-hmm. us that there not be anyone in our lives that we do not know their spiritual condition. Yeah. Because it just boils down to, hey, where are you spiritually? What is your spiritual condition, right? Or do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I kind of like the old faith question. Because the the old faith question, when I say faith, you know, the faith outline that right. was used like in the, I don't know, late 90s, 2000s, something like that. It's still a great question. It's called the key question. And it goes like this. In your personal opinion, what do you understand it takes for a person to go to heaven when they die? Because uh, a lot of times when it comes to spiritual things, you know, you'll say, are you saved? You've given them the answer. Yes, I'm saved. Yeah. Do you know Jesus? Yes, I know Jesus. Yeah. Uh, if you were to die, do you know that you go to heaven? Yes, if I were to die, I know I'd go to heaven. But, hey, in your personal opinion, what do you understand it takes for a person yeah. to go to heaven when they die? Yeah. The way they answer that is going to tell you whether they understand the gospel. And if, if they don't understand the gospel, if they don't have a clear you know gospel presentation, then how in the world could they have been a recipient yeah. of the gospel? I, I, I like that. But again, ask them something. Yeah. Ask them something. Well, what if it offends them? The day will come <laughs> when it will be too late that they will be highly offended yeah. that you were a follower of Christ in their lives, and yet you did not love them enough to take the time to even ask the question. Um, but yeah, may that be your prayer. God, yeah. soften their hearts. Yeah, I, I got convicted on that um, a while back. I was on a, this before I moved to Florida, I was uh, playing golf by myself, and I was at this course where they they paired me up with some other guy, and um, I was really focused on making sure that I had a really good round of golf, right? We get done uh, at the end of 18 holes, and that's about four hours, okay? So I had four hours here that I was being disobedient to the call of the Holy Spirit in my life because I did not share Jesus with this guy. And uh, I'm, I was really convicted about that. Then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm loading up my golf clubs, and this guy drives around the corner, and he's driving right next to the car, and he stops. I'm like, here's my chance. Here's my chance. He rolls down his window, and then he hands me a track, and then he drives off. Uh, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that was just so uh, – at the end of the day, I'm like, okay. One, I was disobedient. Classic. And then two, what what did I do to make this guy want yeah. to hand me a track? And people and people think God doesn't have a sense of humor. I know it. I was like, that man. is classic. Yeah. And then he's sitting there, and he, you know, the very struggle that you're having, he's having the entire time as well. Man, yeah. I need to say something to this and guy. And we didn't Jesus. say a word to each other. We yeah. say something to this guy about Jesus. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, you know, how you responded on bad shots that day. <laughs> well, again, this is before I, before I moved to Florida, man. Um, We'll just make that. No. So anyway, so the one of the things that you said um, 
kind of kind of wrapping up this whole thing under under the point that salvation is beyond our comprehension you and, and again I don't know where this if this was your thing or a quote from somewhere else but it says God is so awesome that your brain can't comprehend his total plan he is God we are not and we can't confine God into human standards and I think that's just a I think we try to do that we try to fit God into this little human thought process or these human ways and you know it, it's beyond he's beyond our comprehension well 100 percent. and we use the uh, passage of scripture uh out of the book of isaiah where god makes it clear hey my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways uh, who are you to think you know even does it a little bit with job yeah you know when job's like god i can't believe all this would happen and i can't believe this and that, and where are you? And, you know, he's questioning all this stuff. And, and then, and then God's like, hey, Oh, can I ask you, Joe? Now, where were you when I was hanging the stars in the sky? <laughs> right, right, right. And where were you when I just kind of spoke this whole thing yeah. into existence? Yeah. And Job's like, touche. Uh, well, he didn't say that, but he should have, wouldn't that have been cool? Job's like, touche. <laughs> uh, we would have lost like four chapters of the book of Job. The, yeah. um, that's but that's it. That's yeah. it. And and I think that's a struggle that so many, and, and please hear me, good people. Yeah. Good people have. Um, I think Satan does a, an amazing job to where he, he gets us so focusing on the intricacies of, uh, of maybe scripture or, uh, you know, I'm going to figure this out or I made a comment yesterday and I'm, I'm surprised I haven't gotten an email and I'm sure people were, were offended. But we, we we've all been there. We've all been there when we go off to school or whatever. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, look at look at what God has shown me about him and look at all the stuff that I'm learning about him. And we trudge off into some some of these theological conundrums and uh, these uh, little uh, these little soap boxes. And, you know, we have uh, been shown the truth by God and we are going to show everyone else the truth by God. And uh, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like, what do they say? They say that you leave home at 18 thinking your parents are the stupidest people in the world. And then you go to college and stuff. And then when you come back home after college, you look around and you're like, oh, they're, they're really pretty smart. It's amazing how smart my parents have gotten in the time that I've been going to college. Right. Uh, well, you know, same way when, when when I was in my 20s and probably you guys as well, you know, you would sit there and you would gravitate towards um uh, you know, oh man, I'm going to figure this out. You know, I'm, I'm, re- I'm, I'm, I'm understanding this. Nobody else has understood this, and I'm going to help everybody else understand this. And and then I kind of go back to the example that I used of this guy who is working in the healthcare field now, and he's like, you know, it kind of, you know, what humbled my heart, hurting people. Do you, do you know what uh, stripped me of my theological pride? <laughs> Crying. In painful situations in people's lives. Yeah. And please hear me. I'm not saying, oh, man, I'll be the first to sit there and say, dig into God's word, man. Dig into God's word. My, I say to my church all the time, my goal as your pastor is, number one, to help you fall more in love with Jesus Christ. Number two, to help you fall more in love with his word. And really, that's not a one and a two. That should be a one. Yeah. Because they go hand in hand. I know this week uh, there's a very prominent uh, evangelical and oh, I even hate to say that word. Evangelical preacher out there that has basically said this: that Christianity is not, you know, it's not based upon uh, sixty-six 
historical books, but instead it is based upon uh, the very character and nature of one individual, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, uh, last time I checked, they kind they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, are you are you serious here? Um, and same way, we sit there and we focus on things that in the end, in the end, I promise you, is not going to be more important than you sharing your faith yeah. with someone who does not know Jesus Christ. Whether you sit there and say, oh, well, God predestined me to share my faith before the beginning of time wear yourself out right. or whether you sit there and say well no no this is going to be up to me if they get saved it's going to be up to me okay wear yourself out in the end just share jesus yeah yeah just share jesus the actual statement the actual comment was the christian faith doesn't rise and fall on the accuracy of 66 ancient documents mm. it rises and falls on the identity of a single individual jesus of nazareth and what i would say to andy stanley what, did i just say that name what i would say to andy stanley is this they are not in opposition to each other the 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 the, the scriptures proclaim that yeah. indeed he is lord he is god the foolishness of a statement like that. And it's not an ancient document. What is it? Well, you know, why make a statement like that? Why not instead sit there and say, he is the same God today yeah. as he was yesterday. Yeah. He'll be the same God tomorrow. Yeah. And so when it comes to Romans 9, hey, let, let Romans 9 not be, well, this is where I'm going to pitch my tent right here in Romans 9. I'm going to forget about all the rest of Scripture. Yeah. Well, No. No, it's all equally important. Yeah. And the only way I understand it is I'm putting the Jesus glasses on, you know, um, those that are going to be saved. I don't know. Did God God put a, uh, you know, did he put a, a, a red mark down their back when they were born? These yeah. are the ones that are going to be saved. Well, can I tell you something? Uh, if that's the case, then I'm probably going to be the one walking around pulling up the back of the shirts. You know, I'm yeah. going to, you know, uh, no. I'm not. I'm going to be the one that's going to be saying, you know what? I don't know who has the mark or who doesn't have the mark. I'm sharing Jesus Christ with all. Yeah. So let let us rally around that. Yeah, for sure. Let us rally a be about around because here's what we would agree. We all agree. He's chosen it the message of the gospel out through through his people. Yeah. Let us get upset about that. Um, and that's the that's the kind of the third point that I made. You know, in the end, I can't. I can't comprehend it. Makes no sense to me. In my little peanut mind down here, I would have been like, okay, God, uh, yeah, I'm going to do something different besides giving my son. Yeah. I'll do something different. Yeah. Well, God's ways are not my ways. His ways are perfect. My ways are imperfect. You know, I could sit here tonight and say, hmm, I'm thinking pizza for supper. Pizza would be good. Wouldn't a good, good, you know, not a thin crust pizza. I'm thinking about a hand-tossed pizza. Uh, I'm not even thinking about a... Uh, a chain restaurant. I'm thinking, I'm thinking one of these little mom and pop places. There's one just right down from where we are right now. Maybe, maybe call it in, go down, pick it up, go home, you know, one or two big fat pieces that'll set me for the night. That's a good decision. Can I promise you I'm 51? Can I promise you at about 2 a.m.? Here's what I'm thinking. That was a horrible decision. God has never said in his life that is a horrible decision. Hmm. So let's just trust him. Yeah. And let's agree, let's agree 
to celebrate what we agree on. Yeah. Salvation comes through faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. And we'll close it with that. As always, Pastor Stephen, thank you for uh, being willing to handle those tough topics, those tough passages of Scripture that uh, uh, sometimes aren't easy to always navigate through. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your willingness to uh, preach the gospel in an unashamed manner. So thank you for listening to The Unchangeable Truth, and we'll see you next week for the rest of Romans chapter 9. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www. Dot Highland and it's H I L A N D Park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info highlandpark.org if you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him. Our prayers are that you would be near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk in Christ. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.